Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of A Horse's Journey. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of A Horse's Journey. And this week I'm going to be talking about my story and Harley's story. So my story is just going to be kind of small little overview, just so that, you know, get to know each other. (laughs) So... Um, I first started being interested in horses, I want to say, around eight years old. Well, I'd liked them as a kid, you know, but it was never, like, the thought of actually owning one never really crossed my mind. I was busy with my Barbies, you know. Um, coming from a non-family, uh, non-horsey family, this was, yeah, pretty, pretty standard. Um, but when we moved cities, um, when I was 12 years old, I finally met someone who I was able to learn a lot of, and she owns six miniature ponies, and she's one of my favourite people in the entire world. I, um, met her at this little fair day, and she had these ponies, and I was supposed to be helping my mum with her business at this fair, but I spent the whole day with the ponies, and at the end she gave me her number and said if I'd like to come and help her, you know, that I'd be more than welcome, and that started a friendship that's still going to this day, and I'm now 16. So um, I spent so much time with her and the ponies and learning everything from the, I remember the first day and simply putting on and taking off a rug was so much thought and now it's just so easy to me and it's so, so amazing actually when I start to think about the things that I learnt with the miniatures, um, how, how I've got to the point I'm at now. Um, the minis are all pretty much trained to cart except one of the old girls but she, she's just old, she was trained to cart and we, um, so we take them to the track and we would exercise them and all sorts of different things as well as in hand sort of stuff and a couple of the ponies are saddle trained for younger kids parties, she does amazing um, pony parties and that you wouldn't believe the decorations and everything like that, if you want to see some of them head to my Instagram which is jump a little higher and there's, there's all sorts of stuff on there um, so I eventually graduated from having a mini, from spending time with um, <laughs> the miniature ponies at Tarnia's to um, moving on to buying my own horse. And we actually took Tarnia with us to see my first horse. So my first horse was Lacey. Um, I found her on Trade Me. She was a standard bred mare. At that point, I didn't really understand anything about breeds or anything like that. So I was just like, oh, well, standard bred, cool. Um, like people warn me off standard bread because you can only go in a standard bread ring but I don't see why that's any reason now I don't see why it's any reason to not buy a horse she had beautiful temperament everything like that I rang the lady I chatted to the lady we sounded like a perfect fit I went and met her and three days later I brought her home on the 23rd of April and I finally had a horse and I was ecstatic so to start with, we only had Lacey I know first big first mistake horses are you know herd animals I didn't know anything like that at that point and she um we got her home she was pretty nuts for a couple days she charged us and she did a few different things that yeah it was it was tough going for the first few days she wasn't really interested in me but that's all to be expected with a new horse and I do know that um but she anyway she finally settled down she'd come up to the gate for a scratch and a pat but after a month of waiting for her to settle down she had scared me off completely she terrified me (laughs) um she absolutely scared the crap out of me. It was insane. I just could not cope with... I, I hated being even near the gate with her for a little while. Um, it took me some time to get over it. Tania would come over and help me with her and stuff. But she just absolutely terrified me. She she used to charge because, of course, I've been so confident and I can do this. And then she charged me in the paddock and there was all these different things that she'd done. Which we now know, in hindsight, was actually due to sleep deprivation. She's a horse that needs friends. And she didn't have any friends. And then we eventually realised 
when um, there was a digger that came and I ended up having an accident trying to lead her to a different paddock, um, we realised that she wasn't really sleeping at all. And so um, when she went to my friend's house and she was with the miniature ponies, because that's where she went and stayed while the digger dug up her paddock, because we've got a main water line that runs across our property, so we didn't have much control much control over that. So we um, yeah, let her go to Tania's and she slept almost constantly the whole time and everyone sort of went, oh, that makes sense. And in a couple of weeks' time, we were going for a drive out into the country and I thought, this is a bit weird. Um, and anyway, we arrived at this lady's place and there was the chubbiest, fluffiest little miniature pony that I had ever seen in my life. And her name was Jim. And Jim, I have very, very fond memories of. She was absolutely nuts and she did a lot of damage to a lot of people, but she also was beautiful in a way. She um, recently was put to sleep due to an internal bleed from when she was in an abusive home. So the lady we bought her off had saved her from a, uh, what you call a backyard breeder, and I think she was either full Shetland or a bit of a cross. Um, she was very naughty. When we first got her, she used to hide, and this isn't naughty behaviour, this was scared behaviour, but she was very naughty. When we first got her, she used to hide in the back corner of the paddock and would not come anywhere near you. So that was, yeah, that was challenging. We couldn't catch her or anything like that. She spent a good month with a lead rope on her so that we were actually able to catch her to be able to take care of her, you know, basic needs. But, um, she eventually came around and soon enough she wasn't Jim the hiding pony, she was Jim the puppy dog and she would follow us everywhere. And, um... We uh, took her out to the smaller panic by the house and so because she, she actually found it and that was my first experience with that which was actually kind of helpful because it's put me in good stead for a lot of other ponies I've met and um, <clears throat> she went in this paddock near the house and <laughs> she would call out to us every time the door opened or every time she saw someone in the window and she was a very very cool little pony so we had Lacey and Jim and they were very very much happy together and both of them slept and got along really well so that was really really positive experiences for us and we were like yeah this putting these horses in together that's so easy um anyway we uh we what do we do we then I I had a horse, my littlest sister had a horse, but my middle sister didn't have a horse, have a horse so we thought it was a great idea to get her one. So I met this lady called uh, Tracy and I got this horse called Bear off her. And I'm still very, very good friends with Tracy as well, another very influential figure in my life. And Bear was absolutely, he was so cool. Um, race name William Holden. And we got him home and he was bigger than Lacey, like way bigger. So in hindsight, considering the horse was for my littlest sister, wasn't the best decision but again inexperience does that and it actually he turned out to be a very very good learning experience and he was my first standard bread green standard bread that I really you know trained because I actually found out at a later date Lacey wasn't green at all she was very much trained she was just out of work um anyway so yeah um it was pretty cool we had three horses and everything was going really really well and Bear was coming along nicely and Alex was loving him and he was really calm but um one day we, what did we do? We put lace in a different, pa no, they was three, they were, all three of them were in the same paddock. We'd made a little pen for Jim in the corner because of course Jim found us and we just wanted to put her over there for a bit each day to have a little bit of extra grass in the smaller paddock, well it was a bigger paddock than her small one. Um, anyway, so we put her in there and it, the paddock was inside Lacey and Bear's paddock so they all could sort of hang out. And we didn't even think, because of course when we integrated Lacey and Jim, for some reason, you know, some people get along, some people don't. They just got along. And when we integrated Bear, 
and Lacey. They were fun. And but eventually we integrated uh, all three of them sort of. It happened on accident. Jim was a Houdini, as I said before, there was a lot of naughty things she did and she jumped out of this little paddock. It was high too. She had a very, very big jump on her. She used to jump hip height um, gates and I'm about just under six foot. So that's that's relatively large and she was only just above my knee height knee height. But anyway she escaped and bear attacked her. And it was one of the hardest days of my life seeing that because he picked her up and he threw her around and there was all this really awful stuff that went on. And it was not pleasant trying to get her out of there because Lacey always chose me over any of her horse friends, which is when you know you've got a good bond. Jim, of course, because she wasn't anyone in specifics horse, just she was just a family pony. Um, it was like, it was, it was a challenge because she wasn't as interested to come out to us, but she ran straight towards us for the first time in her life and was like, okay, I'll be your friend, just get me out of here. And for, so, somehow she came out of it with uh, no, no scratches, no cuts, no bites, nothing. She was fun. She was a little sore. She'd been thrown around a bit, but she was fine. It was one of the weirdest things, to be honest. Bea was 16 hands high, and Jim would have been... Would have been Eight hands high. There was a relatively large difference between the two of them. Um, anyway, after that, I sort of had a little bit less trust in Bear, and I sort of didn't really enjoy working with him as much anymore. Because, you know, it is what it is. And Jim was a naughty pony, and I understand how he could be frustrated with her, but then also that behaviour isn't safe, and it was something we needed to consider. And so we were like, do we rehome him, or do we make the decision to, you know, because I don't want him to go from home to home to home because he's attacking horses or attacking people and end up with such a bad name because he was a sweet horse. He just, yeah. Anyway, him and Lacey, I put Lacey in one with him one day. I'd washed her down and I put her, like, her sweet rug, her fly rug on and um, he attacked her, did the same thing he did to Jim, to Lacey, and we got her out again somehow. I don't even understand. He he was going to go for, he was going for me trying to get her over the gate um, and that was it. I was done. I was like, right. I was like, we are going to try and find him a home where he is a one-person horse. Because he was a genuinely a sweet horse. He just could not be paddocked with anybody else. And so we, uh, yeah, we sold him to, or we leased him, then sold him to a lady um, who lived not far away from us. And she still has him now, and he's on his own. And he is perfect. So it's one of the most honestly awesome things is he found the perfect time and they all love him and we told them everything what happened and they still love him and he has he doesn't have to put up with any other horses and that's the way he is he's just happier without other horses and I think maybe he was gelded late which could have been that issue but that he was one of the most influential horses so far in my journey because I learned so much from him um, I never actually cantered him because he just we were just trying to get him to trot. He had a beautiful trot. He was lovely and floaty, but um, it was a really awesome process to be able to learn with him and then be able to sell him on and see the you know the fact that he when we got him he was free because he just he was just straight fresh backed off the track etc etc. And yeah, um, so it was really nice to see the the reward and to get the money in that we needed to feed our horses at that point. Um, for him for to feed Jim and Lace and you know so that was really awesome so after that we just stuck with Lacey and Jim for a while and then my little sister grew out of Jim and Jim sort of went a bit funny and so we thought look we'll look for another pony for the, my younger sister anyway we found this little pony called Belle and Belle was awesome Belle wasn't really a big part of my my journey so I'm not going to talk about her very much but she's still a family favorite like everyone loves Belle the most she was absolutely bomb proof she's 21 she's 11 11 hands high um, and she's just, oh, she's honestly stellar, and she's actually out with a friend now, teaching her we daughter to ride, and yeah, helping out with her confidence issues, so it's like really, really important to me, you know, that we've 
come so far. And then after beer and after bow, we kept bow for ages. We still have bow. Um, I got a horse named Harley. <laughs> and I'll get into his story in a minute. But um, I also got a horse named Shiloh. It was this big, beautiful chestnut mare. And at that point, I grew out of Lacey, and it was time to move her on. And Lace actually went to a girl who she had perfect references. She came and rode her. Everything was perfect. And then she got there, and then suddenly she had bucking and rearing issues, which I'd never had an issue with in the entire three years I don't do so it was sort of like a rather challenging factor but we brought her home and she was not very well she was uh, very very depressed uh, her feet were a disaster she had seedy toe and awful feet it was just it was just not good like it was awful um, but when she did come home I tentatively started looking for the perfect home for her one that was going to buy her and be willing to pay money because the girl who leased her messed me around and anyway, we did find the perfect home, and Lacey is now in a perfect home about an hour away from us. We catch up with them all the time. We go to the same shows. Lacey and Harley still see each other because they got along really well. And um, no, she's now a nine-year-old girl's best friend, and it's Lucy and Lacey. And they are very, very happy. Like, I could not be more ecstatic that, you know, she's with them. They, they love her so much, and she loves them. Um, but so that, that was a really good end to her story and she'll always be a part of our life and maybe one day I'll get her back when she's old and retired but I have a feeling that they'll hold on to her because they just love her um, and then I had Shiloh with a big chestnut mare also a standard bread all my horses have been standard breeds and I think most of them will be until you know I have a bit more financial oomph underneath me even then I'm going to stick with my standies I love them so much but I had Shiloh now I got Shiloh on trial and I instantly knew that <laughs> She had some problems. When you, I was told she was stubborn under saddle. So anyway, I'm trying to school this horse and it won't move. Just won't move, full stop. And I was like sitting there like, oh. And she was kicking out. If uh, She thought, it just, there was a lot of things there. I noticed some bumps and lumps on her body and I knew she had a tilted pelvis. But I was told she'd been cleared for ridden work. Um, but within a couple of weeks I knew that that was very much uh, different. I also got Shiloh off my friend and um, Tracy as well and we both worked together to come to the conclusion that she was not suitable for ridden work with the opinions of a vet and a body worker and I, she had really bad seedy toe which means she was heavily shod because the holes in her feet couldn't be left to open more which also meant that um, I was unable to upkeep her and I still love that meal with all of my heart and I wish I'd, I still had her but I couldn't afford the almost $200 every four weeks for shoes and I didn't feel it was um, I didn't feel it was fair on her for me to keep her um, because yeah she she just she I she needed more than I could give her and I wanted her to be happy so we messaged her first owner who loves her to bits and I said to her this is look this is the conclusion we've come back to and she was like cool I'll buy her back she's like she can come here and live with my oldies on the hill and spend the rest of her life just hanging out and I was like yes so I was so so pleased about that so Shiloh is now yeah, there. Um, this has actually turned into a lot longer than I thought it was, so I apologise. But essentially I got to the point where I got Harley, and Harley, I had Lacey, Harley and Shiloh all at the same time, and then it all sort of diminished, and Lace left, and then Shy left. Um, or Shy left, then Lace left, and then Harley is who I'm left with, and he is my best friend, and I hate it, but he is my heart horse. He protects me like nothing on earth, and he makes me smile so much. So um, my friend Tracy messaged me and was like, hey, look, I've just had um, news on a horse that... Uh, he doesn't float, so I can't do anything with him. 
if you know we need someone to trach him or he'll just end up on the dog truck are you keen you'll need someone you'll need to be fairly confident to you know get on him because I'd said to her earlier you know if you get a big gelding come in you know <laughs> I'm first in line um anyway so I went okay I'd rung mum and dad we sort of had a chat they were like mm, well it's up to you but you know um and so I also knew that the only thing I knew about Harley was that he was hopefully a boy and that he won 50 grand so he was a very good racehorse, Ossiciona is his race name, and he was, he's by a Santana blue chip, and he won about 50 grand in his time. He is from Southland, New Zealand, and I got Harley delivered to my house by a truck on the 5th of February. So the story went, I wasn't actually home, I was at school, um, the guy arrived and he was supposed to put the horse in the paddock for mum because my mum is not a horse person and she is relatively terrified of them, just relatively, and anyway he was like, oh here's your horse and mum was like, no, no, if I have to touch it you can take it back. Thankfully dad came home and decided that he would lead him for me, but it was pretty funny, so this guy, the, the, mum could hear this horse kicking around in the truck and um, this guy was like, uh, got this wee, wee pony out, and mum thought, oh, perfect. It was only like, probably lacy size or a bit bigger, and I was wanting something big, because I am tall, as I said before, almost six foot. And, um, yeah, <laughs> out came this little pony. Mum thought, oh, great, that's perfect. Very manageable, where she could hear this horse kicking around, so I thought, oh, that's unfortunate. And then the guy says to her, hold the horse while I go and get yours. And mum was like, Oh no. And out came a 16.3 hand high, head shy, pumped up on race feed, standard bread. And dad just got him to the paddock and he crapped his pants. He was scared of everything from the chickens to the fence posts to our sheds. And um, it, was, it was a real process. But anyway, I came home and he couldn't be more perfect. He was completely pain bay. He was still rippling with muscle because he'd only retired in October. And he was beautiful. He had the biggest forelock in Maine. He looked like one of those characters off the front of a romance novel. You know, like the big pirate dudes. That's what he looked like to me. And he still does now. And I love him so much. Although he's a bit more of a puff now. But um, anyway, I absolutely loved him when I got him. And I was like, yes, you're so cool. So he was very head shy. Within about an hour, he'd already just about concussed me and knocked me out because he was just so scared of his face being touched. I don't know what that's due to. I could cast aspersions, but I'm not interested in creating a controversial topic here. But it could be due to the gear used on them and racing or a bit of mistreatment. I'm not sure. It's just is what it is. It doesn't even have to be mistreatment. Um, but the first thing he used to do when I yelled at or growled or got, I would not yell, but raise my voice, like, you know, to growl at him was the first thing he'd do is put his head as far up in the air as he could. Um, and that's something that's actually stopped now. So he's from Southland, New Zealand, and I wasn't very sure if I would keep him when I first got him. He was rather fidgety, annoying, and then I was lying in bed one night and I realised that he had to learn how to be a normal horse and that was when Harley's journey started and I actually have a blog on Harley's journey which um, I have stopped writing recently because I just haven't had the inspiration to write on it but he's gone from being one of the most annoying misbehaving horses to being my best friend and show horse so he's got a long way to go his cantering is definitely not established but his walk and trot is and um, yeah so that horse arrived on the 5th of February and by the 25th of February I got on him for the first time and to start with, it sort of was a process. I've written down here on my planning piece of paper that the first thing we did was grooming, and then I backed him. I spent a lot of time just climbing onto him, like lying over him. And it was funny because that's when his first signs of ulcers came up because he would try to bite my leg because I was touching his um, stomach. Um, and then I said here that I've gone from grooming to backing to flailing to riding. So flailing for me was just letting him get used to my way, and I would just like sort of 
sort of give be like hey we could go this way and if he did that was awesome if he didn't it was okay because I didn't want to put him he's the sort of horse that explodes under pressure and I didn't want him to feel that pressure and then make a bad decision and then we create a habit because I'm like I don't know what I'm doing at this point I'm sort of just making it up as I go but I know I don't want to create bad habits so um yeah and now he's perfect under saddle um, we had some real issues to start with. He wouldn't even walk forwards and he would bite me. He tried to bite my foot every time I asked him to walk forwards. And this was purely because he was ulceric and very badly at that. Um, it took a long time. He got real girthy. It took a long time for me to figure it out again. In experience, I apologize. But we're at the point now that we've treated it. He also had gum disease and we've treated that and he's doing so much better and I'm so, so happy. It's actually been recently for the first time in about six months. He's finally put weight on. He's finally feeling better. He's had a deep tissue massage. Like everything is just starting to fall together, if you know what I mean. And to do, I have a happy and I have a successful partner who I absolutely love. But um, I think that's pretty much it really. We took him to his first show on the 20th of October, so it took a while, but that was my goal before the end of the year, and I've still got to go to the beach. That's my next goal before the end of the year. We're going to go to the beach. Um, but I'm looking forward to really getting him cantering and all sorts of things like that, and hopefully heading to a couple of AMP shows in March next year. I have a lot to learn before then, but I'm going to try. Um, but Harley is, yeah, he is my best friend. Oh, I've also took him to a measuring day, and he was measured in at 16.3, 166.5 centimetres, so just under 17 hands. So he is a very tall boy. Um, and once he really fattens up, um, once his stomach adjusts, you know, it takes about a year, I've been told, for them to adjust from racing life to normal life. I guess it could be less or more for other horses, but it seems to have been about a year for Harley. And, um... He, he when he fans up man he's gonna be a big kid like he is going to be awesome and I cannot wait I'm so excited for him to fill out and for him to look really really good but we really battled ulcers for ages and he looked so so skinny and it was awful like I was trying everything I was pumping him full of food and then when I realized it was the ulcers I changed his feed I got a meprazole in him and the results are amazing and I've been using Equibrew and Maxia Complete are my favorite supplements at the moment and they're working amazing to get him looking great and yeah just everything like that and so we're getting into summer now so we'll be able to do a lot more riding even in the winter I rode a lot but um no I'm so so excited just for the weather to fine up and for us to keep improving we're not heading to the next show day we do have a go series which is our favorite but hopefully we'll be heading to the two after that and I will finally get to ride in a show the last show we went to I only showed him in hand but um, no, that's, that's, I guess that's my story and Harley's story. So I'm thinking next week I might either chat about my sister's horse or one of my sister's horses, or I might start chatting about different behaviours and how I went about grooming and backing process. If you want to, if there's something you want me to chat about, head over to my Instagram, flick me a DM. I'm happy to reply to anybody or flick me a message on here. Um, but I think that's all for this week guys so thanks for listening in and that was mine and Harley's story and yeah have a great day guys see you later